You're listening to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Each week, we will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. Be prepared for tears and laughter as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable, so get your boots on. It's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother. I am Tracy Emma's mom. I'm Julie Gus's mom. And in the studio we have Christina. Whose mama are you? I am Jacob's mom. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming in today. Did you walk or did you drive? (laughs) I drove. Okay. Well, okay. Listen, you work really close to here. (laughs) I, I do. Yeah, but it's not actually walking distance, right? Or well, is it? For a second, I thought we were Emma's office. Which the is, office yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess if I was really like a, a walking enthusiast <laughs> and it wasn't so cold out, maybe I should um, walk You're trying in. to count your steps, maybe. <laughs> you did bring your hydro jug of water. So. Hydro gallon. Okay. Yeah. I got y'all that. So yeah. I'm correcting you. <laughs> The hydro jug only goes up to a half a gallon. This is not That's a promo true. We should all take a drink right now. <laughs> Link in the show notes. <laughs> We're a good time. But Who wants to sponsor our podcast? Is a full gallon of water. Oh my gosh, it's so. Do fun. you drink one a day? I do. I'm That's, so proud of you. That's awesome. So proud of you. So you should put it up on the table and drink throughout the podcast. It's going to be That's 40 right. minutes. There you go. There it is. <laughs> we'll pause. I'm like drink break. Yeah. We need to all take a chug. Okay, so um, let's dive into your story. I love that you landed in Erie, but you didn't originate in Erie. Where did you originate from? Mm. How did you get here? (laughs) I am from Phoenix, Arizona. Really? I did not know that. I know. I've always wanted to go. Um, So I was adopted, um, and I have four younger brothers that are Mm. also adopted, and my, it, my, when my dad and mom adopted my three youngest brothers, mm-hmm. um, there was five of us kids in a big city. And my dad grew up in Cory, Pennsylvania. And I don't know. He just had this, like, weird, like, oh, I want to get back to the country. <laughs> and so I was a My dad's family's from Cory, Pennsylvania. Junior in high school. <laughs> and they made you come back. I, I was not from here. <laughs> right. <laughs> They made me come here, <laughs> and we're like, we're moving to Cory, and I was like, where? My first day, I go to the Walmart in Cory, and I see an Amish person for the first time, and I was like, is that how they dress here? They're like, no, honey, that that's an Amish person. It's like, what's what an Amish? That? And they're like, you know, they live without running water and electricity, and I was like, Oh, God. Does our house have running water and electricity? I'm in tears. Um, so that was my culture. <laughs> and then my first day of school, I sat next to someone that was in flannel and camo. For, you know, like the first day of school, you dress up and you're like. In what your, are you doing this weekend? I'm going hunting. Right? Like, it's hunting season. <laughs> the shock yeah. of like oh, a I'm dead sure. carcass yeah. in somebody's truck yeah. because they had just come from hunting that morning yeah with and what and weather mm-hmm. shock oh, too yeah. i like we used to drive to flagstaff to see the snow which would be like 
sprinkled in a yeah just a yeah. cute little thing yeah. now i'm like shoveling out driveways yeah. i know how to work a snowblower yeah Things you've I- come a long way <laughs> would you ever move from here or uh, now do you kind of love the area mm. <laughs> do i love erie <laughs> I love all the, love people the people that I know in Erie. Yeah. Um, Erie does have a weird charm, like mm-hmm. the fact that you can have a beach and, yeah. you know, like all of That's that. That's true. The sunsets are pretty popping. Yes. yes. They are. Um, do I miss Arizona and the heat and that and like living in a big city? Absolutely. Yeah. But I do really love all the people here in Erie and my whole family's here. Okay. Like mm-hmm. all of my brothers, my parents now my husband's whole family yeah so yeah that's that's cool well we'll keep you yeah Yeah. we're glad you're here so and how did you meet josh funny Uh, (laughs) was it the camo that attracted you oh no (laughs) no i don't i i mean we've been married long enough now i don't think he owns a piece of camo yeah um, unless it's like a trendy piece of camo you know yeah camo within no because i'm not (laughs) <laughs> he may have some hunting gear. Hiding he somewhere. Does. Yeah. Um, so we funny funny story. I'm kind of stalked Josh. <laughs> um, does Josh know this? <laughs> yes. It's because it's not like me at all. Yeah. Like I'm very reserved um, when it comes to dating, and we, I it was after college. I was working a full-time job and I was also serving serving at Buffalo Wild Wings and um Josh was a car salesman at the time uh-huh. and it's a really long story but we kind <laughs> of met on a dating app and he so his boss would come in to Buffalo Wild Wings every Monday and have a beer and my friend was the bartender and I you know sat down one night and he was like next time you're in the market for a car his boss you should come to Mitsubishi and I was like what's a Mitsubishi yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't Who's that what's right? that like I can barely say it no thanks <laughs> interesting way to sell the cars I'm like I'm not no like I know Honda like I'm going to Honda <laughs> no um so when I was in the market for a new car Honda could not work with me because I was a broke college stu- <laughs> broke you know yeah. fresh out of college mm-hmm. student and um I left Honda and was like oh yeah I should probably go try this Mitsubishi place so I went there and Josh was not my salesman but he was a very cute salesman that I mm-hmm. like was drawn to I was like wow he's cute and you spend a lot of time at a car dealership right. when There's you're buying a car yeah. because Looking I ended around. up buying a Mitsubishi mm-hmm. sure you did <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. I did and then, the cute car, right. car salesman. And I was like on dating apps because I didn't have time to date. Mm-hmm. And um, he, I went home that week and he was one of my matches. Stop so it. I, sure he was. I <laughs> sent him a message and was like, hey, which I had never messaged anyone first. And he didn't respond. Rude. <laughs> so then I stalked him on Facebook and sent him a message. <laughs> You're like, listen, if you're not going to respond in that app, I'll just message you in another app. He planned, but he also didn't respond to Facebook. You're like, fine, I'll go buy another car then. I was at the point where, like, maybe financially I could have, I might have. Um, but it can't, like, I just became really annoying to my friend who was 
the bartender mm-hmm. and she was like like you're crazy at this point like <laughs> stop stalking this mm-hmm. poor guy like don't you get the message and i was like but he's my soulmate i love him and we she matched like, Who we are matched you? like you look like you do not even know him he could be a creep and i was like no he's real life like i saw him <laughs> And so his boss came back in on the, the usual Monday night, and she was my friend, the bartender, was like, "You need to tell her, him to like tell her to like leave him alone because she's <laughs> she was not on your crazy. side, <laughs> no borderline crazy." Um, no, she was telling me how it was like girlfriend, yeah. check it, yeah. <laughs> um, so I so he went back the next day and was like, "Some girl messaged you on some app and." <laughs> I, like you should and tell her Facebook. to leave you leave you alone or something. He re-downloaded the app. He had deleted it. Oh. He re-downloaded it and messaged me that night. And we went on our first date the next day. Wow. The rest so like he was Aww. flattered. That, I yeah. love that. The, yeah. He actually was like going to move back home. He had deleted the app and was like going to move back home. Um, Which is, what um, is that? Uh, like Central PA. Okay. Um, yeah, so he didn't move back home. Mm-hmm. We, and then we had like a very fast, like we got engaged. And then uh, within five months later, we got engaged. A month later, we got married. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Hey, what your was soulmate? Yeah. <laughs> um, 2015, we got married. Okay. That's awesome. I love that. And yeah, we've been super fun. Ever since. So. Yep. But That's like cool. totally not like me at all yeah. because I am not one. Like I'm like, if God wants it to happen, He'll have it drop in my lap. <laughs> you had to go for get whatever this one. reason. I was like, <laughs> He is my soulmate. Yeah, <laughs> Christina, He's not responding. Leave him alone. I got this one. God, sit back yeah. and watch this. <laughs> yeah. God was like, Oh, poor, poor Josh. <laughs> so yeah. that is one of the many reasons that there is a special place in heaven oh, for Josh. Gosh, I love that. <laughs> That's and then awesome. you guys had your first Elena. Yeah. So what year was that? Um, she was born in 2017. Okay. Um, yeah. So we had her. I was like textbook pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I hated every second of being <laughs> pregnant. Uh-huh. I was, like I like blew up. I was a whale. <laughs> uh, my feet got super swollen. Yeah. But yeah. I. Like, no, like what time of year were you? <clears throat> Her birthday is July 29th. Okay. So oh, the end of the summer then. Yeah. But there was no health complications? No, no Just health complications. Like everything was super smooth. Yeah. And she was super healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was everything it was, was beautiful and perfect. Yeah. Yep. And then you started having a conversation about having a second. Yeah. Well, the funny thing was I always said like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> that was not fun. One and done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Babies are harder than I thought. Mm-hmm. They don't come with a manual. Mm-hmm. So it took a while, like a, a little bit. We were not immediately like, oh, we're going to have another kid. Yeah. Uh, I was like, don't even look at me. <laughs> Which I think is powerful because I think a lot of people are always like, when are you having your next kid? Right. And it's supposed and to be this like joyful moment. One. And it's like, well, this is really actually hard. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Which is not spoke about. I feel like. No. It. I like, Families that have one child are actually questioned a lot. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you just want one? what's wrong with you yeah and we made that like Mm -hmm. I was pretty adamant that I didn't realize that I suffered from postpartum anxiety as bad as I did like yeah it was it was so bad Mm -hmm. and that's a big responsibility the only questions they ever ask you were like oh do you feel like harming yourself yeah your baby and I was like no but like I can't 
think about anything. Like I was so Mm -hmm. anxious. Um, And so I I was just, it was way, way harder than Mm -hmm. I ever thought it was going to be to be a parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So yeah, and then we decided to, that we wanted another baby. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like it had finally worn off, like how, mm-hmm. how yeah. traumatizing it was <laughs> <laughs> to take care of another human, or if we were like, okay, we could do that. Yeah, you know, we made it through. Um, so it was actually we found out we were pregnant um, in April of 2020. We tr- started trying in. 2019 and like mm-hmm. we got pregnant instantly with Elena and so I thought the same thing like, yeah oh I'll, I'll get pregnant really fast and it that like when we got pregnant with Jacob it kind of took a while mm-hmm. well for me like I was expecting it to happen again right away and mm-hmm. it didn't and then um so that part was different from my pregnancy with Elena right away and I um, got pregnant and found out we were pregnant right after Easter in in the middle of a pandemic. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So COVID hit in um, March of 2020 and we found out in April. And then right away I was like having really bad pain. Mm. Um, and so they, I called the uncle doctor and they told me to go to the emergency room and I had to go they, this is when they were telling you, like, don't go to the emergency room. Right. Don't go. Like, we were still in, like, shut down mode. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And so I had to go to the emergency room by myself. And they did, like, all of these tests and couldn't find, you know, they were confirming we, I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And they were worried about it being an ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't Couldn't confirm that. But I, it was so early on because we were trying. So, like, I found out, you know, the second I was pregnant. Right, right. And so they were like, maybe it's just too soon. We're not sure. Um, So at the end of that, I went home and they just had ordered a bunch of, like, blood work and ultrasounds and, like, keep following up to let, let's not, let's confirm that it's not a topic. And we'll get your blood drawn to, like, see how things are progressing. And then I, um, so we, we started, I started having blood work done and ultrasounds and they confirmed that it wasn't a topic and that things were growing normal, mm-hmm. but that I had, um, subchorionic hematomas Okay. No. and, um, but they were large, but they were pretty common. And so... They what does that mean for the listeners that don't know what that is? Um, so they described them as like bruises within my, like just kind of like pockets of blood okay. within my uterus. Um, and I had two of them and they, they said they are pretty large. I guess the size of them matters for pregnancy, but they are pretty common. They can occur for any type of reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just like this little blood pocket mm-hmm. that they described as a bruise they really didn't they weren't concerned at all about it um or so they they told me Mm -hmm. and then I remember it was my birthday in May of 2020 and we were at home we had gone to Presque Isle just to walk the beach because it was Mm -hmm. pandemic still that's like all you could do yeah Yeah. so we were with Elena playing at the beach and then I started to bleed Mm -hmm. pretty like 
that's not normal Mm -hmm. and continued to bleed and so we followed up with the doctors and they said like bleeding's pretty common in pregnancy Mm -hmm. and I was like I never bled with Elena like what's going on and they said oh you know we're really not concerned about it it's really not that much you're not like bleeding out you're not over you know and I was like this just doesn't seem right right it's terrifying yeah that it just yeah you know but they again didn't seem concerned so I was like okay um and so they said that if I could get to 10 weeks so this was like all before right Mm -hmm. you know if I could get to 10 weeks that the hematomas really wouldn't matter anymore because of the size of the baby growing Mm -hmm. and so 10 weeks was the mark that I really needed to get past in order for them to be pretty confident that everything Mm -hmm. was going to be okay Mm -hmm. and I was feeling pretty good um I was still bleeding here or there, but some days I would bleed and some days I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And then I was coming home from work one day with, I had picked up Elena and coming home from work and I'm driving down 90 and I just feel like a ton of bleeding. Mm -hmm. And I am like at my exit when I feel felt it and Mm -hmm. by the time I got home which was like five minutes Mm -hmm. I was like bleeding profusely like down my legs I was wearing a dress because it was summer it was like down my legs and I like felt this huge clump Mm. and I was like oh my gosh what am I gonna do I have this like tears are starting to run down my face mm-hmm. and I have my daughter in the back seat and my husband's not home because he's at work. Like, what am I going to do? So I, I call my husband and tell him, I, I think I'm miscarrying. You need to get home. Mm-hmm. And I call my mom who lives in Corey and she happened to be in Erie sh- um, shopping for appliances. <laughs> and she rushes over I, t- I told her like I think I miss Karen can you Josh is still at work can you get here mm-hmm. and she got there and I by that point had made it into the house I had gotten Elena unbuckled and was just trying to like yeah I didn't realize it was like possible to believe <laughs> like I was leaving this trail in my garage wow. and through my house and like just yeah oh my goodness like, and my mom comes in and she's like, oh my gosh. And I remember telling, and then Josh came in right after. And I remember telling Josh, like, you have to go get the baby. Mm. The baby's on the seat mm. of my car. And I like wouldn't go to the hospital until he got what I thought was the baby. Mm-hmm. And he put it in this bag and brought it to the hospital. Wow. And, um, Were you in pain during this time? It was like a lot of cramping, but it, I, I think that I was, I don't remember a ton of pain. I just remember like yeah, a lot of fear and mm-hmm. just by the time Josh got there, I like couldn't stop crying to yeah. like talk. Right. Except for just like get the baby, get mm-hmm. the baby. 
I don't know like what I thought would yeah. happen mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Right. There, there was like this, and I was like, you need to get the baby. Mm -hmm. um, and so he grabbed that and we, so like, I don't remember there being a lot of pain, just cramping and just being really like emotional. And mm -hmm. so he drove me to the hospital with this little bag of clump. Mm -hmm. And we get in and um, they do an ultrasound and they were like, there's the heartbeat. There's your baby. What? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so then the nurse like dissected it and it was just the, one of the hematomas had passed. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's not what that's my and they printed out pictures they're like yeah your baby's great like growing looks healthy everything looks good <laughs> and i was like <laughs> in shock and you're like just, do you understand what i just went through yeah. mentally <laughs> wow and they were just like the bleeding should subside did they ever tell you that you could pass your hematoma like did they ever say like well they said this could be a scenario um uh, they definitely said that they could, like, my body could absorb it. Yeah. Or that, like, and I think that what I expected is, like, the bleeding that I had been mm -hmm. having was that what I thought it. passing. Right. 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 I never expected to have a, like. Clot size. Right. And when I say, like, a tennis ball. Wow. Yeah. Size clump come of out. blood come out. I, I mean. Yeah. I was yeah. not expecting. that? No, that, to pass that. No, and like then, oh my baby, that's not my baby. I mean, I've had hematomas. The reason why I ask is because they've never ever said to me like, you could birth your hematoma. Basically, <laughs> the only thing I was ever like advised was that you'll bleed and it could be it will be absorbed if yeah. it doesn't burst, quote yeah. unquote. So I thought, <laughs> yeah, wow. I thought that like passing it would sure. be bleeding. They're like, yeah, you could pa pass it, but the bleed, you know, yeah. I thought that was passing it, right. not like me birthing a hematoma. Wow. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we get to the hospital. Yeah. Everything. Baby is thriving. Baby's there. Baby's thriving. <laughs> yeah. So they send me home. Yeah. And <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> what just happened? What? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like this whole time, like looking back, I'm like, none of this is like normal pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And they like at no point did they say like maybe we should watch you a little bit more yeah right they were just like oh yeah that's good job you passed <laughs> it like yeah. go home right you may bleed a little bit more but it should be done now right and i was like okay what a roller coaster yeah yeah okay we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back I don't know about you, but I have so many gift cards. How many times have you gone to the store and forgotten that gift card that you got for your birthday? How great would it be to finally empty out your purse or wallet? Well, guess what? There's this thing called Gift Pocket. Gift Pocket is a free app that organizes all of your gift cards in one location. There's nothing worse than standing in the checkout line only to realize that you forgot your gift card at home, it's in last season's purse, or even in the car. Gift Pocket lets you upload any gift cards you have buy them for yourself, or even send gift cards to your friends and family. And it's free. All you have to do is download the app, enter your information, and then clear out your purse. And that's not even the best part. 
When you download the Gift Pocket app and use the code EMMA, all caps, at sign up, Gift Pocket will donate $5 per download to Emma's Footprints. As soon as you're done listening to this podcast, go download Gift Pocket. So you come home from the hospital and life just picks back up where it was. I mean, they're not monitoring you. They're just like good to go. Yeah, no special appointments. Okay. Um, Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Nothing crazy. They, I actually had a a doctor's appointment um, and they said everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Go, go. Go about your business. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so then at 14 and a half weeks, I was at work. And I was actually filming a video of my, with my boss and our president, and I feel like my water broke. I am like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Like, this is super awkward. I'm with like, (laughs) yeah, at work, and so I just keep filming, and you know, then I go back and edit. (laughs) Yeah, go back and edit, and this is still like in the middle of a pandemic, like. Our office was very much still closed to the public. Sure. People were coming and working as needed, but mm-hmm. it was still like work at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like my water broke and it was like four, you know, the, the office closes at like 4.30. And so mm-hmm. it was like 4.20 and I called the office and I'm like, hey, I, I just had this gush of, of like fluid like you should probably go to triage so I work right downtown Mm -hmm. and I said honey you're gonna have to go pick up Elena you're gonna have to leave early and go pick up Elena I have to go to the hospital and I call no I I called my dad because I couldn't get a hold of Josh or something Mm -hmm. and so my dad went Mm -hmm. and got Elena and and Josh came to the hospital Mm -hmm. that's how it worked out so I go to the hospital and they do a swab and do an ultrasound and they're like no you must have just peed yourself uh, and I was like no wait what <sighs> yeah and they're like well yeah that can happen in pregnancy you can pee yourself and I was like I never had that happen with Elena and right like, every pregnancy is different uh-huh. I'm like oh but like it's just happening uncontrollably mm-hmm. and they're like y- you know everything looks good and the swab came back and it wasn't amniotic fluid and I was like okay Hmm. and so like I get home and I remember like they gave me a pad and stuff and by the time like I got home like the pad was absorbed again like Hmm. I was like Josh I didn't even realize that I just peed again (sighs) and he was like that's so strange honey like yeah they just brushed it off as nothing Mm -hmm. yeah and so this was like a Wednesday or, or Thursday. The next day I had a doctor's appointment and I'm like, I'm still like having uncontrollably like fluid leaking. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's my, my water breaking. And they're like, you would know if your water broke. It's, you know, the swap came back. It's fine. Like really it's not a big deal you're probably just urinating and I was like this is so strange yeah like I I know that all pregnancies are different but like I have no control right yeah this I was like just walking around and my pants would be soaked right 
So we like go on vacation. <clears throat> it was like around the 4th of July. Was that happening the whole time during vacation? Yeah. yeah. So like we oh, that's drove enjoyable. to, uh, and it was like with my whole family. So all of my brothers and their significant others, my parents, we had rented a like, um, cabin mm-hmm. and there was like a pool area, you know, and we went to like this little beach and, and I just remember like being so uncomfortable and not being able to sleep and like just constantly mm-hmm. like what I thought was peeing myself. Yeah. Like we need to go get the value pack of pads. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I went from bleeding to like now I'm like just peeing myself mm-hmm. and I just felt like I had like lost all control mm-hmm. and like that my mind I was like losing it. I'm like mm-hmm. wow this is crazy. So we came back from vacation and it was a Tuesday and I was at work and I was like, I just feel like terrible. I'm so tired and I know I'm pregnant, but by this week, by this time I'm in my second trimester. Like I should have my energy Mm -hmm. back and I should feel better. And I just, I feel really terrible. I'm going to call the doctor and just, I'm going to make them see me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I called them. <clears throat> and I said, I'm like still having a lot of fluid. I need to be seen. So they're like, okay, we can get you in in like 10 minutes. Can you come on over? Mm-hmm. So I go downtown and um, go in and they do like the swab and the swab came back negative for amniotic fluid. They were like, do you want to hear his heartbeat? And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do you know they do the doppler and his heartbeat was great and um they're like everything seems good we'll go ahead and give you an ultrasound to to put your mind at ease Mm -hmm. but everything looks good you know have a great day and so i go in for my ultrasound and between the you know getting swabbed and going into my ultrasound i call my boss and i'm like it was my intern's first day and I was like, I'm so sorry that I, you know, yeah. I'll be in shortly. Mm-hmm. Here's some things to, mm-hmm. to get started on. <laughs> and I go Multitasking. in mm-hmm. and I go in and sit down and expecting the great news. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, it's kind of been the pregnancy, like pff, super rocky, but mm-hmm. everything turns out. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at the sonogram screen and like I couldn't see anything. It was like a, a TV, like one of the old staticky TVs. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see anything. I'm like, well, I just heard the heartbeat. So, what am I looking at? And they're like, they told you that you had amniotic fluid. And I said, yeah. And they said, you have no amniotic fluid. Oh my gosh. And I was like, where's the baby? And they're like, the black that that's normally the contrast is the fluid the sa- you know mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. so the baby's in there you, you know she could see it mm-hmm. but it was all gray because there was no, no fluid, fluid contrasting and I, I just was like what are they gonna do for me and you know I I she was like I I don't I don't know they're, they're gonna admit you I'm sure of it and I at this point did you know what this meant no. no. Oh, gosh, no. I just was like, amniotic fluid. Helps. Put some more in there. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that fill it, fill it some medicine. Yeah. yeah. Right. I was just like, they'll just pump me full of more fluid, mm-hmm. but my baby's alive. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, this is bad, mm-hmm. but I, 
I didn't at all know what that meant. Mm -hmm. So I go out of the sonogram room and the doctor, it was actually a midwife and they were like, uh, the doctor, we can't get a hold of the doctor, but they're, they're going to call Pittsburgh, um, maternal fetal medicine to get you an appointment. And I was like, wait, aren't you admitting me? Like, they're like, no, there's nothing we can do for you. Oh my gosh. And, I, and they're like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Which is hard to swallow because you're like. And I, w- I was mad. Yeah. I was like, I didn't lose my baby. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. Like, my baby's alive. You just heard its heartbeat. Right. How far along were you at this point? Um, this point, I was six, 16 weeks. Yeah. So I was like. You're like, you told me everything was fine. I went on vacation. Right. I went on vacation and. The swabs were negative. Yeah. Yeah. Like the swabs came back negative for right. amniotic fluid. Um, and she was like, I'm so sorry for your loss and let me go home. Yeah. They get me an appointment. So I go home and they get me an appointment with um, the maternal fetal medicine in Pittsburgh. And still this whole time I'm like, I have no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. My mom even asked like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe, you know, he's a little crammed in there because he can't move around. Like, they float in it. Yeah. No idea that, like, it's important for their lung growth. That, like, that yeah. fills up their, you know, it holds out bacteria. Yeah. Like, all of this. And it's like, okay, why, did, why don't we sit down and take time with you and explain all right. of that? Like, what's kind of the reasoning? Oh, my God. Is it because they don't want to scare you? Like, I don't know. Because you, you're... I mean, and the, the roller coaster you've had so far of, like, passing the hematoma yeah. and the peeing yourself, but it's not amniotic fluid, and now that's, like, you have no information, but they say sorry for your loss. And, right. But we'll schedule you an appointment with yes. in Pittsburgh. So the next day, they got me into Pittsburgh the next day, and Josh and I went down that night to Pittsburgh because it was in the morning. Mm-hmm. My parents watched Elena, and... I just remember Josh like bought cases of water. He was like, Aww. "We're just gonna fill you up, back full of fluid." Yeah, like, yeah. And he, I would like drink, and he'd be like, "Just finish that bottle." And he would just Aww. kept like, he yeah. was like, "You're gonna sit down, you're not gonna move, and you're going to be full of fluid. I'm yeah. just gonna fill you full of fluid." And so he just kept making me drink water and water, like yeah. And then we were in the hotel. And it was like seven o'clock. My appointment was at like nine thirty, and the the doctor calls me, and they're like, "Um, you're from Erie, right?" And I said, "Yeah." They're like, "We could just do like a video call." No, they did not. And I was like, "No, I'm down here. <laughs> you're gonna see me." Yeah. And they're like, "There's really no need to." Oh. And I was like. Well, I'm here, so if you can see me sooner, that'd be great. Be yeah. there in five. And they were like, okay, well, we'll see you at 930. And just got off the phone with me, and I was like, Josh, that's not good. Mm. And he's like, you don't know yet. You don't know. And so we um, go to our appointment, and I knew it wasn't great when they took us into, like, an office instead of, 
like a doctor's doctor's room or something. Room. Yeah. And so they set us down across like a desk from this doctor. Uh-huh. And I was just like, don't know. And um, she was great. Um, she explained to me what amniotic fluid really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how it's super important for lung development and how it like fills up baby's lungs like a balloon and helps all of the little cavities of their lung grow and how it's super important to keep bacteria out so Mm -hmm. all of the stuff that I didn't know Mm -hmm. and I said okay but he has a heartbeat and I said yes and he could go full term having a heartbeat and you could deliver a baby without lungs oh wow and I said how can you know that and they said you don't know until you deliver if your baby will be able to breathe and I said okay well I mean I was in a ton of pain by this point Mm -hmm. without even realizing it I remember like walking in was like so painful Mm -hmm. and I just kept like oh it's fine it's fine Mm -hmm. and they're like I it's a miracle that you haven't gone into labor yet that your water's been broken for yeah, weeks. So, yeah, two weeks at this point. Oh, my gosh. Um, and that you're showing so no signs of infection. Oh, my gosh. And um, you have no, you know, so we're going to take you up. We're going to just monitor you. I'd like to run some tests. And I said, okay. Um, but they, you know, explained that it's pretty bad. You can't just pump somebody full of fluid mm-hmm. and have everything be okay. Right. And so... I was really upset Mm -hmm. because I realized how bad it was and the fact that like I think the hardest part at that point was that I could deliver a baby without being able to breathe right? um, and not know until the very end because I'm like Mm -hmm. I can do this I can be in this pain Mm -hmm. I can I can mind over matter Mm -hmm. for you know six whatever more months Mm -hmm. and so they took me to observe me just to make sure that I wasn't showing any signs of infection. They did blood work and ultrasounds. It admitted me for the night. And I remember sitting um, in the hospital bed the next morning, and the doctors there in Pittsburgh looked at me and said, you need to terminate. Oh, my gosh. And I said, an option B? Mm-hmm. And they said, there is no option B. We suggest you terminate I said I'm not gonna do that my baby has a heartbeat and I'm fine they said you could deliver this baby at home and that's gonna be pretty traumatic because your baby's so little it could just and they described it as like fall out mm-hmm. um, you could develop a life-threatening infection which we're surprised you don't already have you know this is pretty bad your baby's not going to survive this and I said Mm -hmm. okay and I mean they were pretty pretty rude like they wanted me to terminate and and we're like we're not going to call you stupid but Mm -hmm. were their exact words and I was like okay well goodbye Mm -hmm. get me out of here and I went home and just my work was great they let me work remote and I pretty much just sat in bed and drank a ton of water and his kidneys were working because I was still producing amniotic fluid 
Um, and I wasn't running a fever. So they didn't say anything about like, um, closing your cervix or anything like that. My cervix was closed. Your cervix was closed. Wow. So I had no, um, I was not dilated. Nothing. What? Um, I have a big question mark above my head. <laughs> right? Can you I feel was it? Not, yeah. I was not in labor, like, at all. Like, how does it leave your body then? It just can trickle out. Like, and it was like a slow leak. <sighs> I don't know. And, and then I'm like, okay. But the swab said But there's got to be wasn't. an answer. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be a solution. How could they not know Maybe, that? Maybe, like, I don't want to say too late for the solution, but there's got to be a solution somewhere in between that, right? Question mark, question mark, yeah, question I don't mark. Know. Sorry. I'm just no. staring at you like, give me the answer, Tracy. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I got that. Right? You're the, you're the seasoned vet here. Like, answer Tell us. everything. <laughs> Fix it. Where's the emoji? I don't know. I know. <laughs> My favorite emoji. Yeah. Um, so we, I went home and just, I was ready to accept that I was going, this was how the next few months until I delivered him was going to be. I was like, I'm not, Mm -hmm. I I cannot get an infection. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Right. That will not happen. Right. (laughs) I can handle all of this pain. I I can do this. Mm -hmm. And um, Josh searched and like Mm -hmm. searched the internet and Mm -hmm. found that the Cleveland Clinic was like the best for what was called a pre pre prom um pregnancy which is prema like premature rupture okay um and they had actually a pretty good success rate mm-hmm. with that and so he called and got me and got us an appointment the next week like it was within like days wow so we go to cleveland and I, I think I was kind of just like a walking zombie at this mm-hmm. point. Just, okay, they're going to tell me more bad news. And this doctor was phenomenal. Mm. She was amazing. She was like, we get, you understand everything mm-hmm. about this. This mm-hmm. is bad. Mm-hmm. But I, I have seen success come out of this. I have personally delivered a baby that survived. Wow. I'm willing to fight this battle with you. Wow. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. She goes, I'm going to admit you because need you to watch just, you. <laughs> yeah, and you look like you don't feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's concerning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope, I feel fine. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they admitted me, and um, my that day I did okay. The next day my stats just tanked. Mm. Like I, my blood pressure, my temperature, like everything was just up and down. And... Um, she came in and she said I think you have a pretty bad infection oh gosh you don't have an option anymore Mm. Um, you have to deliver this baby Mm. and I just remember like crying Mm -hmm. and um, so I she gave me some options and she said we can prep you to deliver um since you're not in labor we're gonna have to induce that um and I said how long does that take because I was in labor for 
24 hours with my daughter and I never progressed what like this baby's small how Mm -hmm. long do you think that would take because I can't do this for 24 Mm -hmm. hours she said I don't know I've seen it be a couple hours I've seen it be a couple days with this early I said what's another option and she said we could do a D&E a delivery and evacuation since he's still alive Um, but the state of Ohio doesn't recognize this as a life saving operation Mm -hmm. this is considered an abortion Mm -hmm. oh my gosh and I said I can't I can't go through days of labor to hold a baby that I know isn't going to survive so I chose to have a D&E and then I, they found that my uterus was completely inf- infected. Oh, gosh. And she was like, I'm surprised you hadn't gone septic. Mm. Um, we saved your life. Mm. And so then I had to stay there for a few days to be on IV antibiotics. Um, and then I left the hospital I couldn't I mean the minute they were done with my 48 hours of IV antibiotics I was like just connect me I'm going home Mm -hmm. and I had to leave the hospital without a baby Mm -hmm. and I remember like being wheeled out and being wheeled right next to this mom that just delivered her baby and I was just like still in shock at this point that we have lost ours Mm -hmm. and that Jacob wasn't coming home with us (sighs) Jacob was born on what day? July 17th 2020 and the crazy thing is we have a rainbow baby and his due date was July 17th 2021 so I say like God works in mysterious Mm -hmm. ways because out of all days that it could be exactly that was his due date yeah so all lost stories are just horrific but yours you know you almost lost your life yeah And if it hadn't been for my husband, who wasn't willing to give up, I probably would have because I was so, like, I'm I'm not ready to accept that my baby's not going to make it. I'm going to fight. I probably would have lost my life if I didn't have a spectacular husband that, was gonna fight for me right yeah yeah you were you were fighting the only way you could and laying in bed and doing all that but and if he would have okay well I'll do this with you and didn't search you know for the Cleveland Clinic option yeah he said that like I was he was looking at me and I was just a shell of a wife like I was just he could tell yeah he he could tell that like I was gonna do it no matter what anyone right. said yeah. Yeah. but that I was not okay yeah mm-hmm. so that's 
so amazing. Good job stalking him. And <laughs> yeah, and I um, just it's just self awareness and knowing your wife and um, uh, wow. wow, yeah, and I remember um, Ashley, my best friend, worked at Mitsubishi at the time, and she messaged me and she said. One of our salesmen had a loss. <laughs> she said, One of our salesmen had a loss today, Julie. And I said, I'm so sorry. Tell me more. What's it about? How can we how can we help? You know. And she said, You know, I already gave out Emma's information, but uh, I don't I don't know what to do for him. And we worked through all of that. But I know that Josh was loved by so many people or is loved by so many people. But just when Ashley reached out, it was just a mom to mom connection and trying to help Josh and help you. And I obviously didn't know you at the time, but, you know, our worlds all collided <laughs> at one point. So but it was just I remember that moment because it's different when you're on this end of, of Emma's footprints yeah. working it and and somebody, you know, who knows somebody right. it's just like oh, crap like I don't want that to be somebody's story but when you know it's a it's a good feeling when when they know there's resources yeah. like Emma's and they just come right to you like what do we do <laughs> and, and I it's think like you called me or you messaged me and I was walking to my son's baseball game <sighs> it's like I remember you know a lot of times I remember where I am when I get yeah, a certain call about mm -hmm. a story and it's just like go mode what do we do yeah. what can we do what do we what does yeah. she need what do they need yeah how can we help mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah and i i knew about emma's because i work at the erie community foundation so yeah. i was very familiar with your mission mm -hmm. it had never like um impacted me because mm -hmm. i had never had a loss yeah. but i remember the moment that I was like, I need help. Yeah, I need to reach out to Emma's, and yeah. Josh made the call because I of couldn't. course he did. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't make that call. I couldn't. I I could tell him I was like, I'm ready. I need help. I need you to call them, mm -hmm. and he was on the phone I think it was with Amanda, Amanda yep. for a really long time <laughs> and um, he said he gave me her number and was like you know she's gonna text you feel free to text back whenever but I told her it was okay that she could text you but that you needed that you needed someone to reach out to you and so she did and we met up uh, for coffee right after mm -hmm. that um but yeah I'll, my my whole journey was thanks to josh to, <laughs> to you know yeah. save us and to get me actually connected to emma's and you've had a rainbow baby yes asher 
um, has been born. When was he born? Uh, July 7th. Okay. A little stinker. Yeah. So he <laughs> came he, early. He did come early. Um, he, he wanted his own birthday. That's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he, I was actually in labor. Like I was having contractions for like a week. Um, but I was like highly monitored with him. Yeah. Um, lo- love the doctor that I found after my loss um, with Jacob. Because one thing that my pregnancy, I mean, my pregnancy with Jacob taught me so many things and is still teaching me so many things. Um, But one thing that I really walked away with is to fight what I feel in my gut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, I just always accepted what doctors told me because they're the doctors. They know what's best. But like my whole pregnancy with Jacob, I knew something was wrong Mm -hmm. because I had been pregnant before or read a pregnancy book sure. like this was not what should be what happening yeah right um and so I asked every question under the sun required every test I wanted every sonogram you wanted answers mm-hmm. yeah with Asher I was like even just conversations yeah you know it's like you right. might not have an answer but just have a conversation right. of like, what test can you run right yeah. what can you do right what can you prevent yeah. oh this is preventative and it's not okay we'll do it anyways mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. oh you don't you know this isn't okay well I don't care do it anyways yeah, yeah. I want to know that he's okay mm-hmm and so yeah and he's healthy and he was born healthy and he's got a nice head of hair he does <laughs> <laughs> they show me pictures monday tuesday whatever day that was yeah <laughs> I, they just got their pictures and his he's cutting a tooth so his look kind of like mugshot <laughs> i love he's it he's not having it <laughs> i love it so. okay so what are you doing we need a drum roll right like an announcement oh, of what you're doing for jacob yeah, so a lot. The the great thing about Emma's is not only Emma's. Emma's is great in itself, um, but all of these moms want to create awareness or prevent this from happening mm-hmm. or help other moms or families that this has happened to. Mm-hmm. And so that's amazing that there is this community of women and families that are um, – helping because of Emma's Uh, and so what we want to do for Emma's um, in in memory of Jacob in honor of Jacob is create um, an endowment fund at the Erie Community Foundation to benefit Emma's. Jacob is fancy. (laughs) We want to we want to create the Jacob William Bowman endowment fund which will benefit Emma's forever. Um, in order to do that, we need to raise a minimum of $10,000 so that this fund can be established. And once that fund is established, I mean, if we raise more than that, that would be awesome. But yeah. once that fund is established, Emma's can get a grant from it every single year forever. That's it amazing. Because of the work that the Erie Community Foundation does to invest it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then allows that grant to be made. So to me... I believe in the work that Emma's does and I know what it did for me and my family and the community that it brought me and I want to be able to help other moms forever mm-hmm. because unfortunately loss isn't going away and it's something that I, I would love to say that nobody's ever going to have another pregnancy or infant loss but unfortunately 
that's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so a way that I feel like we can help is to support Emma's by creating this endowment. Yes. That's like a so whole new level yeah. of like humbleness, uh-huh. right? I mean, when you say the words, we want to help Emma's forever. Like, I don't right. think anybody has said that word with like the word forever. Right. Yeah. Like there's no expiration <laughs> right. date. <laughs> right. Oh, we can't close down next year. <laughs> Crap. Sorry, girls. You're yeah. going anywhere. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. <laughs> but it's, it's just, I wish I had it. I don't even know the word. It's just humbling that um, you that put that together you know mm-hmm. we just kind of do this every day and yeah maybe plan month by month or like yeah. what are we doing next year but yeah that the fact of what we're doing and the impact that we're having you know can create just a forever yeah. a forever thing it's pretty That's amazing powerful. Mm-hmm. It is. And like the work you guys are doing I want it to be one day that you guys don't have to worry about oh my gosh how are we gonna help yeah these many moms like you guys are amazing at what you do and I want you I would love for it one day to be oh we can help this mama you know we can help this family it doesn't matter the cost and I know it's going to take a lot of (laughs) funds to do that Um, and I know that Jacob's fund will be one portion of it but um, to, to have to take off any sort of worry about whether an expense can be supported or not right yeah mm-hmm. that's a important. that's a thing we deal yeah. with when we talk about yeah but okay how can somebody donate to his fund um so you can make a check out to the erie community foundation and in the memo line put the jacob william bowman fund um and send it in to the erie community foundation which is 459 west 6th street erie pa 16507 um any amount will help this fund be established um is there an online option or just is this the the best way the the check in the mail check in the mail um would be the best option since it's not established yet okay um and my hope is no matter what uh it will take ten thousand dollars to create a fund to support emma's forever um if we don't for some i mean i'm not gonna stop until this fund is established whether it takes yeah you know a year or two my hope is that it could be established by his birthday and Mm -hmm. that would be like amazing yeah um but yeah like I said I'm not stopping so yeah yeah so if you want to help start this fund that would be great I love that. And yeah. you could, yeah. you know, whether it's your friends or family listening or you're a mom and, and you've wanted to support and help. Right. You know, maybe you could donate in memory of your baby. Yeah. For Jacob in memory of him, too. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'll put all of the information in the notes of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Christina, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah. Sharing your story, Jacob. All of it. Um and being brave and bold and yeah. helping us achieve our mission and in memory of your, your sweet son. Thank you. And thank you guys for what you do. Mm-hmm. It's a pleasure and an honor. Yes. Thanks listeners for tuning in. Stay tuned next week for another episode of confessions of a grieving mother. Emma's footprints has paid for over 110 burials and cremations of babies and over a hundred urns and headstones in 2021. 
Being able to take away the financial stress during a very difficult time for a family is only part of what we do. If our mission tugs at your heart, we encourage you to make a donation that will allow us to continue to serve families that have experienced a pregnancy or infant loss in this community. Head to our website at www.emmasfootprints.com and look for the donate tab at the top of the page. As always, thank you for your support and allowing Emma's to say yes to families grieving pregnancy and infant loss.